Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, sorry for a lot of the test live streams you saw. For some odd reason, uh, the blue snowball that I got uh, recently uh, decided to die. Well, it didn't die out necessarily. This, you know, pretty much still works, um, if you will. I mean, it plugs in, it lights up and everything, but I think the wiring finally conked out or something like that. Finally just decided, oh, I'm done. You know, so I got to get replacement for it. I think I have some that might work and fit in there. But, yeah, the Blue Snowball mic still works. It's just that now I'm back to relying on the Logitech Rock Band mic that I used to have. Uh, what are you going to do? And, you know, this is why I kept it around. You know, I didn't put it back in there because I knew eventually maybe I might need it. And, uh, yeah, you know, here we go. But, yeah, welcome to the live stream, guys. And uh, just to let you know. Super Chats are open if you guys want to donate through that. Uh, also, check me out on my um, other sites that I have, like my Patreon, which is the uh, – on my Patreon, which is Brian Warmer. You can check that out. Uh, BW Roses discussions on various podcast locations like Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, if you will. Uh, you can check them out there. As well as I have a Vimo page, uh, Vimo, which is the other uploading uh, video site that a lot of people like to go to. I mean, if you uh, check out basically uh, you know, a lot of Rowdy C's and Bob shows, you know, well, basically, if you check out videos by Rowdy C, Chris Moore, uh, Rowdy's Reviews, TV Trash, uh, Bob Show, um, I think who else, um, Animat and all of them that, you know, you'll notice that they choose uh, Vimo to upload first to to make you know you know they basically they choose Vimo to upload to first uh, before they even try attempting to upload here to the YT due to the fact that you know with the unknowingness of copyright and everything it, it's kind of it's going to be kind of confusing but yeah anyway uh, you can check me out there you can check me out at my BVW 1979 DeviantArt page as well as check me out at my uh, daily motion page um, as well. So various locations you can get to me as well as my Brian's Discussions channel, which I am trying to build. And if you want to subscribe to that, go ahead. But as I am talking here, and I'll test again to make sure. Yeah, I'm just making sure it's working. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about some topics today. First of all, um, well, first of all, before we start talking about them, I want to send my uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody um, in the Midwest right now, mostly Texas, because I know you're dealing with some unprecedented weather right now uh, in certain regions. I have a cousin that lives around the Dallas area, if not in Dallas uh, as well, so I don't know if he's dealing with it, uh, but I know that people in Austin and San Antonio and all that are dealing with it right now. Now, I know it's kind of like, like I said, it's unprecedented. It's like something you don't rarely see. But if you're of a religious belief, and I'll say this right now, if you are of religious belief, then you're probably gonna, then you, you're probably gonna tell people that this is a sign of the times. And when you tell those people, oh, it's a sign of the times, you know, they might ask, well, what do you mean? And when you explain to them what that means. You know, a lot of them will be like, you know, they'll give you a look like, so you're telling us because we're not acting a certain way, this is happening. You know, so 
again, you know, if your religious belief, prayer warriors, whatever, then yeah, you're pretty much then pretty much uh, <laughs> then pretty much you're going to be telling people, you know, that this is a sign. And mostly now, and I and I can already see people. And Lord, forgive me for saying this. Um, I could definitely see, you know, some people, you know, being a prayer, being prayer warriors, religious beliefs, and everything, saying, "See what happens to certain states and areas that don't support the guy that was in office for the past four years before this other guy came in, and because they tried to take him out and impeach him even after he was out, you know, they might, you know, utilize some kind of saying like that." And again, people will give them a look like, so you're saying because we didn't support, you know, the Donald, this is happening to us. Or just because we didn't support him and we were hoping he would be uh, impeached and indicted, whatever, this is happening to us. <coughs> again, again, I'm not saying that's what a lot of prayer warriors and religious people of religious belief are saying, uh, pretty much to others that will listen or believe otherwise, or whatever the case may be, but I wouldn't put it past some. I wouldn't put it past some to probably uh, say that. Um, anyway, though, anyway, though, again, in uh, my prayers and thoughts out there to a lot of people, I know uh, Angry Joe, Joe Vargas, recently put up a video about an hour ago or so, um, I think via his phone, because there are some places in Texas that don't have power right now. I'm pretty sure it'll be restored in time. But, you know, Angry Joe did a video showing the first Angry Army Snowman. So <laughs> that was kind of cool. But, yeah, uh, basically, uh, basically, um, it is unprecedented for a lot of people because it's like, where did this come from? So, you know, what, you know, um, you know, it's like, where did this come from? Is this part of La Nina's effect? What's happening? And again, like I said, some people of religious beliefs and prayer warriors will kind of tell you what it is in their opinion or give your opinion or give their own opinion to you about what they believe it is and why it's possibly happening. Again, I'm not saying that's that's, you know, that's uh, a fact, but it's something to um, consider in their eyes, um, if you will. Um, anyway, uh, with that said, let's talk about some upcoming topics we're going to discuss here as I link this to various sites. And one thing I have been do, doing, because I've been noticing this uh, um, as of late, um, is the fact that it seems when I use Google Chrome um, by itself without Microsoft Edge being in the background, that the live stream seemed to be a lot better. Now, I can't say specifically for that one live stream that was distorted. I don't know if it was because somebody from AT&T was working on the phone wires and it caused some kind of interference or maybe perhaps it was the mic and it was finally cracking it out and it was causing distortion. I don't know. I mean, I do know that there's like a little tear here, a little opening in one of these uh, on this wiring for this mic. So eventually I'm probably either going to have to get a replacement wire for the blue snowball, or I'm going to have to basically uh, get a new mic period, a new like Yeti or something like that uh, in the future. I know the camera mic here works, but I, recently it conked out too, so I don't know what's going on. You know, maybe it still works, but still, uh, I just I'm just probably going to end up getting uh, a new mic. I'm probably, like I said, I'm probably going to look at a Yeti because they're the one more, the, some of the more po popular ones uh, to to buy, and from what I understand, they're more dependable. Uh, but anyway, 
Let's talk about some topics as I link this onto uh, fa uh, Facebook, if I can do this correctly. Hold on. Well, if I sec, will I do this quickly on Facebook? Trying not to link it to my family. That they, trying to link it so that everybody else except for my family uh, can see it because I don't need them questioning stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, so you link it here. But let's talk about some topics here as I link this to various locations. Okay, I think we're good. I think we're set. So let's talk about the topics we're going to talk about today. Number one, are we heading towards a joint theater VOD streaming future? We'll talk about that and I'll mention, and there are various examples past and even present and into the future that basically kind of uh, back that up, um, if you will. Uh, number two, are fandoms getting too toxic in the past de decade? Or wait, are fandoms getting too toxic with uh, in the past decade? Or, you know, so I should correct, I should say have, so I'll probably put that later. But are or have fandoms got get are fandoms getting too toxic in the past decade? Well, we'll just do it like that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, number three. This is one that affects me right now, so hopefully they correct it, but I'm sure it affects everybody else out there. Is the EDD telling us the truth or not? And you know exactly what, and you're probably thinking, you're probably figuring out what I mean by mentioning that. Uh, number four, did Zack Snyder's Justice League cut open the door for other movies to go back and be redone as originally intended? We'll get into that. Number five, we will talk about should content creators limit folks to how many Super Chats tips they can make in a live stream slash premiere. Now, I know I just talked about Super Chats being open, and if you wanted to donate to through that, that would be appreciated. But I'll talk about why I feel, you know, that's something, a topic to discuss and, you know, go from there, give you my thoughts on all that. Uh, number six, will we get any entertainment cons happening this year? Uh, in person this year. In other words, you know, conventions like Comic Cons and, you know, Anime Cons and stuff like that. We'll talk about that. Uh, number seven, why do folks of the past 30 to 50 years hunt and look for nostalgic things from our childhood to collect or their childhood? And I'm kind of in that category, which is why I put our childhood or their childhood. I'll talk about that. And then finally, number eight, we'll talk about with. We'll talk about the fact that this year marks the 35th anniversary for both the 80s, the 1986 Transformers movie, uh, Transformers the movie, uh, animated film, and the original G1 My Little Pony animated film. We'll talk about, you know, will they end up getting 4K Blu-ray releases? We'll talk about that and more. So, no, let's get on to our first topic here. And our first topic is, are we heading towards a joint theater VOD streaming future? 
And the reason I want to bring this up is because, as I talked about in a video, which has obviously become probably one of my most watched videos in the past month or so within the quick and within the quick and pace that it's, you know, you know, uh, getting its views. It was recently announced that Entertainment One, which is part of Hasbro, along with AllSpark Pictures and Paramount. Well, now Paramount's not part of them, but you get the idea. Paramount's a partner of theirs, distributing partner. But Entertainment One, which is a Hasbro division, along with AllSpark, uh, AllSpark Pictures, uh, basically sold the distributing rights here in the U.S., that is, uh, to Netflix for the 2021, this year's 2021 My Little Pony movie, which is supposed to be CGI, and from what we understand, will still will take place, remain, I should say, and will well basically will remain and take place in uh, the world of Equestria from Friendship is Magic. Basically, be within somewhat of the same continuity, but take place years in the future. And this was uh, something that caught a lot of people uh, off guard. Some said they some have come out and basically admitted that they felt that they knew it was going to happen. But now this does raise the question, even if it's something like this, it does raise the question. Um, you know, is this a future that we're heading towards? Because we've seen a lot of movies in the past year because of, of the COVID and, you know, the pandemic and all that have to be reshuffled around, rescheduled to come out later this year, you know. Uh, be reshuffled and rescheduled to come out next year or basically be reshuffled around to be distributed within the year of the release, but be done in a way that, well, the studios didn't originally intend for them to be done. And that's uh, basically through streaming in VOD. Now, the reason I bring up uh, the, uh, the notion of joint theater VOD streaming future is because despite the fact that news has gotten out that, you know, there are 2 million more vaccinations being done a day now instead of what was done previously, there's still a lot of people that even when everything is caught up, and when we start getting into that semi-normalcy again, there's still going to be a lot of people that let's say, you know, you know, the governor of Florida says, hey, we're in the clear, we got, we're ahead on schedule. You know, let's reopen everything. Nothing's closed anymore, whatever, despite the variants that people are talking about, you know, of the virus. You know, let's say he comes out and, you know, announces that. Or let's say, you know, I would say to, I would guess to save his job, our governor here in California comes out and says the same thing. There are still going to be a lot of people, you know, even when governors or even the president himself makes that announcement, there's still going to be a lot of people. They're going to be very, hesitant about going to theaters because even if you know we get the you know the thumbs up and the clear to get back to our normal lives you know people are still going to be hesitant to go to the theaters and they'd rather stay at home because they don't want a chance of a relapse you know of the you know uh, you know basically they don't want a chance a, a chance you know um a chance and a chance um What's the word I'm looking for? You know, basically, they don't want to risk a chance of a relapse of an opportunity at a relapse. You know, happening when it comes to the virus or any kind of variant of it, they don't want to chance that. So there will still be people hesitant, you know, you know, to go out 
I mean, they'll go out and shop, be in the parks and all that. But when it comes to like theaters or other places like that, you know, they'll be more hesitant because they don't want a chance to relapse. They don't want a chance the virus having an opportunity to possibly, from their perspective, affect them again. They don't want to chance that, which is why I think what's going to happen is, you know, the National Theaters, the National Association of Theater, the National Association of Theater Owners is going to meet with a lot of the theater partners like AMC, Regal, Cinemark, you name it. And they're probably going to have to, along with the studios and even the cable services and, you know, VOD distributors like Voodoo, Movies Movies Anywhere, uh, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu. I think what's going to happen is there's eventually going to be a meeting that's going to basically come, that is going to result in some kind of joint venture that states that possibly for maybe 14 to 30 days, the movie that's going to be in theaters is will be allowed to be showcased, you know, streaming and VOD wise. But then after maybe two weeks, a month, you know, be removed and mainly be you know showcased in theaters like they're doing now, kind of. And I think and I think that's what's going to and I believe that even though we're getting close, you know, Lord willing, you know, and it will happen because he's going to make it happen, um, you know, that we're going to get out of this pandemic. We're going to get back to normal. There'll still be people that will be hesitant to go anywhere. You know, even especially movie theaters, they're going to be like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that. No way. You know, they're going to be very hesitant uh, to go anywhere. And hello, Z-Tales327, I see you in the Super Chat, uh, in the live stream, I should say. Uh, But yeah, people will still be very hesitant uh, to go anywhere, you know, really. Even if, like I said, the president himself comes out and says, hey, we're in the clear now. Everything's cool. You know, people will still be hesitant. They're not going to want to chance it. They're not going to be like, oh, hell no. You know, I'm not going to go out there and chance getting a relapse. Even if we are in the clear, according to our president, I'm not doing that. I'd rather stay at home. Or I'd rather be safe. You know, people will do that. In fact, this my this is my own opinion. I've got a feeling that those people that will kind of be like that. Now, they won't be like that forever for the rest of their lives. No, they'll only be like that to maybe after a year, you know, has passed. Basically, like, from now or from whenever, like, either from now because of the vaccinations or from whenever, you know, it's officially, you know, this this country is officially in the clear, you know, from whatever that moment is, they're going to wait a year, and then they're going to probably decide to go out, go to the movies and everything, because to them, things will be back to normal, things will be more safer, things will be more um, updated, more modified to take care of this kind of stuff or to deal with this kind of solutions. So, you know, I could see, I could see that happening. I could see those kind of people waiting for maybe six months to a year before they decide to venture out and take that chance. Even though, you know, like I said, their state governor or our country's president can come out and say, Hey, everybody's good. We're cool. You know, let's do this. You know, but I, I could see that, but on and I could see probably that happening with a lot of people. I mean, right now you still, I mean, right now, as I mentioned, even though we're getting ahead of schedule as far as the vaccinations go, you know, getting above the number we need, above the number we, you know, heard of last time, you know, there's, there are still people that are very hesitant. 
There are people that, you know, get this. Here in California and other states as well, but here in California, we are now starting to see schools slowly, if not moderately, reopen across the state. Okay? We're starting to see those schools reopen. And yet, we still have people very hesitant to send their kids back. Now, that's their op- that's their opinion. That's their choice. They don't want a chance their kid getting sick. That's their choice. But there are still people that are hesitant to do that. You know, even if a school says, hey, we've taken all the precautions, we're following the protocols, and we have a and we've worked out a way to make this work, people will still be hesitant because they're like, oh no, 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 no. I'm not sending my kid back until y'all 100 percent in the clear. Now, some may consider those people, and I've mentioned it before, some people may consider those kind of folks as germaphobic. And uh, again, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. If you don't want to catch, don't want to get sick or anything, that's up to you. But some people would look at those kind of people and be like, you're germophobic. You know, you're you're letting your phobia of catching a germ, you know, override your thinking of getting your kid back into physical learning. You know, back in, you know, well, not physical learning, but back into in-person learning at the school. You know, there'll, there'll be people will be there will be those that will point that out to folks. And those folks that would be considered in that category of germophobic. They can say, look, you know, it might be fine with you, but I'm someone that never wants to catch germs. I never want to get sick. So I'm not taking a chance that my kid's going to bring something home. No way. They're not going to go until, well, 100% in the clear. And again, you know, that's that's everybody's choice. That's their opinion. That's their opinion. So, you know, if that's how they feel, and it's their choice that they don't want to send their kids out. But I'm saying, but I'm using that as an example because, as I mentioned, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, maybe those same kind of people, that are not going to be quick to to the theaters or any or any entertainment venue, stadiums or whatever, even if they're open air, because they want to make sure we're 100% in the clear, or they may want to wait six months to a year, you know, after you know the announcement is made that we're in the clear, or six months to a year since the vaccination started or started to quicken up and wrap it up to being distributed to people, you know, they're going to want to wait a little longer because they don't want to chance it, which is why I believe in my opinion, the, that something is going to come out of this is when it comes to movies and what's going to come out of it is a joint venture. Even if it's temporary for the next couple of years, I think basically there's going to be a joint venture because we're getting a taste of it. We got a taste of it last year. We're kind of getting, we're still getting a taste of it this year, but there's going to be something that's going to come out of this between the National Theater Association, the National Association of Theater Owners, NATO. Yeah, they're known as NATO as well, you know, and all the VOD uh, distributors like Voodoo, Movies Anywhere, Prime, you name it, iTunes, Google Play, Fandango, along with the streaming services like Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Peacock, Hulu. I think I said Hulu, um, Apple Plus, you, know, you name it. There's going to be basically a discussion all around, and I believe an agreement made, if not a temporary one, that says that states that when it comes to let's say streaming services, they can have the movie on the service for two weeks, and then it's theaters only. And when it comes to VOD, they could have it for well, actually, strike that. 
I think what's going to happen is that, like I said, a deal's going to be made to where streaming services could have it for 30, for a month, while VODs have it for two weeks, and then after that time frame, you know, it's theaters only. Like, let's say Black Widow, you know, Disney's still committed to getting that in the theaters in May, even though some people feel they may have to move it a month or two back again. You know, a, a lot of people... When when you look, a lot of people feel that Black Widow should just go to Disney should just say, or that Disney should just cut the losses and put Black Widow on Disney Plus, even if it's through the premium access. But again, Disney's committed to putting it on the big screen. Now, this is where an example of this possible joint venture that I see happening, uh, this uh, joint theater, you know, this joint venture between the two, or between the all three commodities, uh, comes into play. Let's say Disney wants to do that. Disney's committed to doing that. You, they could have a deal. Well, they have Disney Plus, but basically, they basically let's take Black Widow and say, all right, Disney wants to put it in the theaters. Marvel Studio wants it in the theaters, but yet, you know, you have all these people that even if theaters are open to semi capacity by that time, you know, with all the protocols and everything. People will still be hesitant to want to go. So let's say a deal is struck, uh, you know, between, you know, NATO and, you know, the VOD distributors and the streaming services that let's say VOD wise, Black Widow could be on their service or on their platform for two weeks. So I hit the mic there with my knee, but they could be on their platform for about two weeks. And then, you know, if they choose choose to do so later on they could keep it in the you know on streaming services for a month or they could do it simultaneously like okay it's in the theaters it's on vod for two weeks it's in streaming for a month and then afterwards it's theaters only you know that's a possible a solution you know that could happen and i and, and again just using black widow as an example you know that potentially is where we could be ending up going not saying Black Widow will end up that way because Disney apparently is still committed to, to a theatrical release. But I think we have enough time between now and May to where they may have to come up with the solution that they've done currently or currently going to be doing with Raya and The Last Dragon. And what they did with Mulan last year as well. That they may have to simultaneously release it in theaters and on their uh, service, on the streaming service. And then later on down the line, maybe a month or so later, on the VOD. They may have to go down that route, you know, because a lot of people will still be hesitant, you know, to go to the theaters. And, you know, Disney wants to get some kind of publicity out of this. They want to make some kind of money out of this. And if they come out and say, hey, Black Widow is going to be simultaneously, you know, on Disney Plus and in theaters, but you got to play $25 to $30 for the Disney Plus access, but you'll have it even after the premium thing is done. You know, it might be the best direction for them to go. And again, this is an example of what I think could potentially be the future. Because I think people in the studios like Disney, Warner Brothers, Universal, and all them may have to consider, hey, not a lot of people are going to want to go to theaters just yet. So maybe we need to work something out to where the movies are in theaters, but they're also available for at-home viewing because there are going to be people that are reluctant. I mean, you look at what HBO Max is doing right now, and a majority of the movies that they got released, or they're going to be, or they're going to be releasing this year, 
uh, are going to be simultaneously released in theaters and on the service. Now, not a lot of people are happy about that. I mean, obviously, Legendary Pictures don't want you know the likes of Dune, you know, uh, you know, uh, on the service. Even though Disney still wants to work something out there, you know, they want people to experience it on the big screen. So, it's one of those situations in the long run, folks, that I truly believe. Disney, not Disney, but I truly believe that we're going to get a joint venture between all three areas, all three platforms, at least for the foreseeable future. You know, until everything is like totally 100% in the clear in the eyes of many, in the eyes of most of the country, even those that would be hesitant still to go out, even if, let's say, our president or our governor, state governor say, hey, we're in the clear, we're cool, we can get back to normal now, there'll still be people that'll be hesitant. There'll still be people. That will get their mask and basically take their mask with them and still wear it in public areas because they don't want a chance to relapse. So in my opinion, we are definitely, maybe just for a short time, we are definitely heading down that path to where, you know, we got a taste of it last year. We're kind of getting a bit of an appetizer with it through HBO Max and what it's trying and what it's attempting to do. But I got a feeling that we're going to see more of this at least for the foreseeable future, until at least it's, I would say, 100% clear in the eyes of folks that would still be hesitant to go. So don't be surprised if an announcement comes out in the next several months that NATO, uh, along with the theater chains, have made a deal, an agreement, if you will, with the VOD distributors and streaming services to go this route to where the VOD distributors get it for two weeks, the streaming services get it for about a month, and then as well as at the same time theaters will have it. And then after those two weeks and months run on VOD and streaming, then it's theaters only. So don't be surprised if we get an announcement by that to where every, you know, to where the theater chains through NATO and all the movie studios and distributor and movie studios, as well as the VOD distributors and the streaming services agree to go that route. Because again, there'll still be people that will be hesitant. So don't be surprised if we get a, an agreement there. Don't be surprised. All right. Number two, on to our second topic here, guys. And our second topic is this. Our fandoms getting too toxic in the past decade or have are and have fandoms gotten too toxic, getting or gotten too toxic for in the past decade. And this is something that, you know, ironically, one of the guys that I follow here on YouTube, who's currently without power, and I guess along with his family, is going to go to be with other families or at a hotel or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Alex Hicks, known formerly known as Deluxe Man of Just Alex and Just Alex Central, uh, did a video talking about the toxicity of the wrestling fandom. You know, and how basically even he, uh, in a sense, has contributed to that. Because of the fact that many of us, as wrestling fans, lately in the past decade, more, more so than anything, have grown accustomed to seeing wrestling done a certain way. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you look at the likes of AEW, New Japan, MLW, um, Impact Wrestling, you name it, we're seeing all these, you know, in it, 
it was seeing all these men and women going out there and giving great matches. Basically going out there and showing what they could do. And when we compare it to the big boy on the block, you know, WWE, we rather, well, there's, a, there's never a moment, never a dull moment that we wish WWE wouldn't just say, hey, see what they're doing? Let's do the same thing. There's not a moment people don't hope for that. There's not a moment people don't hope for three hours of Raw to where it's like, ooh, what a match. Oh, did you see that move? Oh, awesome. Oh, he's going to do a 630-450 flip. Ooh. It's not a moment. And I don't mean to – first of all, I don't mean you know to mock anybody by doing that. But you know, basically, there's not a moment, though, that fans, hardcore fans, don't wish for that day to come to where it's mainly just about the moves and the wrestling. Well, there are other fans that are more like, look, just enjoy for what it is. It may not be the best, but it's at least something. You know, or at least they're trying to entertain us as well as give us a competitive, you know, sport uh, to watch or some kind of competition to watch. So, you know, when I when I look at that, I can understand where Alex would be coming from because you want certain things a certain way, not realizing that not everybody is the same even though you wish that would be the case. And I, I totally get that. I totally understand that. So, uh, honestly, honestly, folks, it's it's one of those situations to where when you look at a fandom like that in wrestling, you wonder how it's, it's still surviving with a fandom that expected to be like this or expect everybody, including the big boy WWE, to be a certain way because that's what they've become. They've grown accustomed to. But wrestling is not the only fan base that seems to get toxic at times. You know, I love being part of the Sonic the Hitchcock fan base and the MLP FIM, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic fan base. But at times it could get toxic as well because there are certain people that you know want things a certain way or believe certain things shouldn't be like this and da da da. And then they get into debates and arguments with other fans for no reason. And all because, you know, some, you know, some fans believe one thing and, you know, over the other. And again, you know, that's their choice. You know, if they want to choose to enjoy one thing but disagree with another thing, that's their choice. That's their opinion. They have a right to it. But again, there's a toxicity sometimes when it comes to it because there's always an argument. You know, they, you know, gets a little you know, unhinged at times, either online, mostly through social media, or even in person at, let's say, you know, a meetup or something. So, you know, to me, when I when I look at something like, you know, fan bases, you know, members of fan bases getting into that kind of predicament where they make it seem too toxic, you know, you kind of start realizing that this might be the reason why a lot of people distance themselves from the fan base, distance themselves from the franchise, because if this is what the fan base is turning into, then I, then obviously you don't want no part of it. And then sometimes the toxicity of the fan base could go beyond, you know, disagreements. Sometimes there are situations to where there are certain individuals in the fan base that become a little, a little weird. They become a little creepy, a little weird, you know, you know, very distrusting uh, to the point that you don't want to associate with them anymore. You know, good examples over the past several years when it comes to the two fan bases that I'm a part of, 
I look at what happened several years ago with Tune Critic in the MLP fan base in the Brony Pegasus community and what was revealed about him. That's Toon Critic Y2K, that is. And my thing just went off again. Sorry about that. But like I said, that's, you know, Toon Critic uh, Y2K. And hello, Batman. And welcome to the live chat. And let me check something just in case. Yeah, sorry about the thing going off like that. It does that when it's on something that's not, you know, like being active or anything. That being the computer goes into steel, into standby mode. Uh, but anyway, you know, anyway, though, we go back to, like I said, the fan bases that I'm a part of. And a couple of years ago, you had the whole Toon Critic Y2K situation, what was revealed about him, and how everybody that's associated with him has now distanced themselves from him and basically turned him into the proper authorities because of what he was doing. You know, even though he's even though his OC still appears behind the scene, you know, in several videos, and to the point that people have come out and said, look, those videos were done way before we knew this. Those videos would be left, but but anything that we had done, you know, recently with him, you know, at that time will be removed. So some videos remained, some didn't. I mean, this would explain why the, you know, this would explain why the season seven reaction video of the Analysis Bronies uh, YouTube channel was removed. Well, it wasn't totally removed. It's private, but it was removed. So, yeah, there's that. And then recently, with what's going on with the Rally for Sally campaign when it comes to the Sonic franchise, in the overall franchise there, too. You have things like Chris Chan. You have Richard Kuta. And then you have whoever built this love doll of Sally. Literally, there's a, a love doll somebody built. I mean, this, these are just examples of what I'm talking about. You know, what you know, people consider and look at as definitive toxicities in the fandom that make that fandom toxic and make you question whether or not you should be part of it. So to me, you know, when, when I look, you know, you know, at somebody talking about this, bringing this up, you know, it is a good question to ask, you know, are fandoms in the past decade getting too toxic or have they gotten too toxic? You know, you know, that's, that's what you want to, that's what you want to, um, wonder and ask yourself, okay, I want to be still, I want to stay part of this fan base, but is it getting too toxic for me to be here? And that was the noon whistle that just went off here in Newman, which is why you hear some dogs howling. Uh, but anyway, you know, it makes you question. It makes you wonder if you want to be part of that fandom, you know, especially when you hear about certain members of that fandom, you know, being, you know, acting in, you know, a certain way that they are. I mean, even in, you know, with music artists and all that, of course, they have their fan bases. But you got to wonder if those fan bases are getting too toxic as well at times. I mean, you know, let's not forget about the whole Britney Spears thing that happened a long time ago when somebody did a video of leave Britney alone. Seriously, you're going to seriously, your fan crying and saying leave Britney alone. I mean, I can understand why they did it. But that person comes off as like somebody that you question of whether or not you want to be part of this fan base 
when you see somebody doing that? So, you know, again, it is a good question. It is, is a good topic to discuss. You know, our fan bases getting or have gotten too toxic, you know, in the past decade or so. You have to wonder that. So, yeah, you know, it's something to discuss, and maybe we'll talk about it later on in its own individual video, but we'll see. We shall see. But anyway, let's get on to our number three topic, and we'll get into that after I take a break and kind of take a change of wardrobe, if you will, and I'll be right back.
Still kind of cold out there, folks. <laughs> Sorry about that. But as you can see, I have changed in my wardrobe. Just need one more change here. Hold on. It's still kind of cold. I have to go out and get the. I have to go out and get the mail in just a little bit as soon as it passes. So I'll be right back. Take a little break here, kind of deal. But I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back, guys, and yes, I got a little bit of a package. <laughs> How about that? Again, that's my fault. Got a package here, so I'll do that later on a separate video, guys. Take things again. Hold on. All right. Sorry about that. Let's talk about a third topic here now. And that is, is the EDD telling us the truth or not? That, of course, being the employment uh, center, the unemployment the place to get unemployment benefits and all that. And the reason I want to bring this up as a topic is because in case you probably have noticed in the news here in California, it's probably in your states as well, because I've heard it's also happening in other parts of the country. Um, it, it seems the EDD is falling behind on 
a lot of the payments that people need. Now, I can now from what we understand here in California, and again, I'm not sure if it's the same where you guys live, but apparently the EDD has been having a glitch. They have a glitch or something like that, according to what they say. And basically, what's that? What it's doing is it's call it, causing a delay in a lot of people's payments, even those that are, you know, cur- um, currently, I should say, um, getting unemployment through them as of the past like several months or a year. So a lot of people that usually get, you know, the payments are being delayed. Now, again, I don't know, you know, what the issue is. I mean, mine's delayed right now, probably the longest it's been delayed. I mean, they have basically put in the message that, hey, if you have it delayed for two weeks, you know, let us know. I may have to let them know before then. Because, yeah, I go on my on my thing here, and it is basically saying it's still pending. Now, here's the thing. I may have marked something that I shouldn't, but it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Because when you tell them, hey, I did get some income, and you tell them what it's from, and it's not as bad as, you know, what people would speculate, you know, even if you made one little tiny mistake, you know, they still give you a chance to fix it, right? Well, hopefully things work out here because even though I'm all right financially, you know, it's like, you know, this shouldn't be going on. This shouldn't be happening. And again, I'm not sure if I'm the only one that's dealing with this because, yeah, my thing still says it's pending. It's still pending. And the only thing that I put in as, you know, like income I got in the two weeks that I need to certify, like a lot of us do, is what we got is what I got from the stimulus, basically the same amount we all got. And that was it. Now, I know some people have said, well, you. You know, I've read a little bit of it, Batman, Uh, but like I said, uh, basically, you know, like a lot of you, I. You know, I got that, and that was the, what I what I put in there. Now, some people have said that you don't need to report that, but I looked it up online. There's nothing that says you can't. And knowing how EDD is sometimes, you know, the state is that, you know, anyways, you know, you don't want to chance it. You don't want to chance this. Now, I'm not the only one that's probably dealing with this. I have my niece and I have my sister that's probably dealing with this as well. Not saying that they are, but there's a potential that they are. Now, they're not going to come out and tell me and my mom that unless, you know, my oldest, my second oldest sister chooses to do so. But, yeah, right now, you know, it's one of the situations to where I guess maybe the tiniest little mishap could cause a delay. But it shouldn't cause that much of a delay because I'm sure that I'm not the only one that's marked, you know, yes, if you will, instead of no. Oh, and all that when it comes to a certain question. Like, let me see what that question was. I have it right here with me. The question was, do you work, did you work or earn or earn any money whether you were paid or not? Now, the last time I answered that, I answered no. And that was when I got my final check for my job, which was only for $7.88, And I got my uh, 401k uh, that I 
basically, um, I basically, uh, what's the, what's the one I'm looking for? My 401k that I invested in. I did that. Now, recently, because of the stimulus we got, this is what I did. It said, did you work or earn any money whether you were paid or not? And I said, yes, on that one. But then you have question A, which is, did you work this week? No. And then you have question B was, did you receive any income this week based on work performance? Or, and I said, yes. And that might have what messed me up a little bit. I might have to call them up and fix that. You know, but I don't think that's a big deal because when they see what the income is, because I messed it, because they give you that little area that says, Okay, where it's not well, you could say it's not listed because it wasn't. And I put U.S. United States Treasury six hundred dollars stimulus relief package. You know, and I'm sure again, I'm not the only one that's made that mistake. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's made that mistake. So, hopefully, things will work out. Hopefully, if I have to reissue it, I will reissue it, or I'm going to have to call them up. And I'm not going to call them up right now because I'll probably have lunch or they're busy. You know, because you think I'm the only one that's dealing with this right now? You think I'm the only one that's dealing with this right now? I'm not. I'm not. And even if I made a mistake there, it shouldn't affect it that much. Because they'll probably, because here's the thing. There's a lot of people, no doubt, no doubt in my opinion, there's a lot of people that have probably made the same mistake that I did, if not at the same time. There's probably a lot of people that probably have done that this week or they've done it in the past week or so because of what they got and they don't want a chance that something could go back to bite them. So they want to basically report it. Now, again, I don't think it's going to hurt me that much. You know, my mom said, basically, since it's pending, it means usually I'm going to get it. You know, most of the time it means I'm going to get it or I'm going to have to be I'm going to have to reissue it. So I'm going to have to redo it again because I say it's going to be a reissue. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully somebody picks up on it and it's like, oh, okay. We see what happened here. You know, so hopefully, you know, that that occurs and and they fix it when they kind of and they kind of oversee that slight um, mistake that I made. Because, again, I'm not the only one that's probably done that. You know. My mom has made mistakes on hers in the past. My sisters have made mistakes on theirs. And they still got the money. They still got it because it was an oversight. It was something that they made a mistake on. And the EDD said, okay, you know, it's fine. We'll fix it. It's a mistake. Everybody makes them. And, you know, there you go. Because when I did the second week, everything was pretty much no. So... And, and again, even if it's a little bit of a mistake, it shouldn't hinder me, right? It shouldn't hinder me whatsoever. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But again, the reason I'm bringing up this, you know, in this topic of is EDD telling us the truth or not is because, like I said, I'm not the only one that's dealing with this. There are other people that are dealing with this as we speak that have been getting unemployment for the past several months, just as long as I have, if not longer because of the pandemic, because of what's going on. And they now have to wait still because of the fact that EDD, you know, apparently is dealing with a glitch that basically is 
potentially holding off payments from being distributed at least until early to mid-March. Now, here's what's funny, though. There's a Repu- there's some Republicans and Democrats and all that here in the state, and I'm sure in your states as well, that don't believe what the EDD is saying is true. They believe the EDD is not telling them the truth, that the EDD is dealing with faulty, old, you know, out-of-date technology, and, you know, they need to update. They need to update that technology. So, you know, obviously they feel, ED- so by mentioning that, you know, they, they basically, basically what the situation is, is a lot of people in higher positions, in higher power positions, feel that, you know, the EDD, they're not, they're not telling the truth about what's going on here in California, as well as in other states as well. They feel that they're hiding something. They're not fully coming out about it. And, you know, it's hurting, it's hurting people. It's hurting people. You know, I look at the fact that this Sunday, this past Sunday was Valentine's Day and yesterday was President's Day. So that might have held off on things, maybe, but I'm not saying that's true. I'm not saying that's a fact, but, you know, it could have played into it. You know, I'm still waiting. I know I'm going to get mine. I believe the Lord above is going to make sure I get mine. There's no doubt about that because he knows we make mistakes. The Lord Almighty knows people like me make mistakes when it comes to that kind of stuff. Because when you get that kind of money, you're not sure whether or not you should report it or not report it. You don't want to take it. But when it comes to unemployment, you don't want to take a chance. You don't. And to me, I'll have to see what comes up. I'll have to see what happens. You know, right now, a lot of plans that I have have to be put on hold because of this. You know, some maybe, some not, but some have to. Hopefully it gets, you know, straightened out. And if I have to call them, I'll call them and straighten it out myself. But, yeah, you know, you know, it is a good question that people are asking, not just here in California, but all over. You know, with, you know, EDD, not just in this state, but in other states screwing up, you know, are they telling us the truth about what's happening, about the reason for the screw-ups? We don't know. So, you know, it's a... It's just a game. It's just a wait and see kind of situation. You know, we just have to be patient, see what occurs. Because, you know, here's the thing. My niece, my niece basically had to, has to call, had to call them up and straighten stuff out because somebody somehow got into her account. They don't know how, but it did. And it shows you that perhaps, you know, the Republicans and Democrats, you know, statewide here in California and other states, you know, maybe they have a point. Maybe the EDD is not telling us everything. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens in the next uh, month or so. Because, you know, if the EDD, if the offices are open and people are there, then they should be able to get this done. They should have the most up-to-date technology there, right? Or if people are doing it from home, they should have the most update to technology at their hands. But they don't. So we'll have to see what what occurs uh, in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, a lot of us will get our money when we need it, even if we have to call them and say, "Hey, you know, I should have had my money at this time. Uh, did I? I may have made a mistake. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I may have to straighten it out myself with with my claim." All right. So on to number four here. Number four. Number four is basically something that's really interesting. 
you know, number four is really interesting. Um, and in case you guys missed it yesterday or this past Sunday, um, the official trailer for the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League was released. It has been reported that not only will this uh, four-hour, yes, four-hour film uh, be released on HBO Max, uh, the streaming service, but it'll also be released in theaters with a 10-minute musical intermission because it's four hours long. So there you go. Uh, if you want to see it on the big screen, if you can, it's going to be a four-hour movie, and you're going to get about a 10 to 15-minute, maybe 20-minute uh, intermission to kind of get up, stretch legs, go to the bathroom, and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, it released, and I think it looks good. Can't wait to see it. Uh, but the question is, basically, the topic question here is, did Zack Snyder's Justice League cut open the door for other movies to go back and be redone as originally intended? And I think it did. If you want my honest answer right off the bat, I think it did. Because there's a lot of movies that have come out previously before Justice League did and even afterwards. And if not in the past several years, well, people are like, you know, hey, if Zack Snyder can get this, you know, this original cut, you know, finally released as it was originally intended to be seen, then maybe the other movies that had a similar situation happen to them could be, you know, could get the same treatment. So I think, honestly, the door has been opened. I think the door has been opened, and it's been kicked wide open, in my opinion. And I think we're going probably we're going to probably see in the near future a lot of movies, a lot of movies, in my opinion, that are going to, you know, try to a lot of people behind these movies, along with the studios, if the studios want to uh, support them, they're going to want to get these uh, movies. Uh, released or re-released as originally intended you know basically as they were supposed to be originally seen you know in, in the first place without any you know corporate interference or whatever the case may be so yeah i think this original cut by Zack snyder that's coming on hbo max and in a sense simultaneously in theaters i think it opened the door i think it really did i think it opened the door i think it knocked the door open and already you and and what I mean is already because of that, just hearing people saying, "Hey, what about this movie? What about that movie? What about this show? What about that show?" You know, stuff like that. So to me, I think it did cut. I think it did uh, basically knock the door down, and it's going to be interesting to see what other movies, properties that you know originally were going to go one way but got changed because of behind, certain behind the scenes issues. It'll be interesting to see what movies, you know, get that treatment or get that opportunity in the future. I know in comic books, comic books have had that opportunity. Writers have had the opportunity to go back and and rewrite or add on to the story and make it as it originally was intended. So. To, so to me, I think the opportunity now has been presented the door has now been opened for it to happen. And I think, you know, we're going to start seeing a lot more movies you know, coming out or being talked about, and we're going to see a lot more directors behind certain movies saying, hey, you know, I want to re-release this, but as originally intended, so that people can see the original vision, you know, that it was meant, uh, you know, visual vision that I had, you know, I had in mind for it. So, yeah, I, again, I truly believe that, you know, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League has opened the door, and 
don't be surprised if you see, you know, people behind um, certain other superhero movies or dramatic films or adaptations come out and say, hey, you know, if they could do it, that, you know, then we could do it. So, yeah, I, I believe it opened the door. I really believe it opened the door. And, you know, it not only did it open it, I think it cut, I think it kicked it down. I think it kicked it down. And I can't wait to to see what other movies come about. Can't wait. But yeah, I, again, like I said, I, I truly believe that it opened the door for other movies to go back um, and possibly redone, be redone as originally intended. So, um, so yeah, don't, don't, again, I know I'm being repetitive here, or sounding repetitive, but don't be surprised if you start hearing about other movies coming that have been released already, been already out, if not already been seen on broadcast television, that maybe they might get a, a redo. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I think I think the door has been open, no doubt in my opinion. All right. So next up, number five. Should content creators limit folks to how many super chats slash tips if they're using things like Streamlabs that they can make in a live stream slash premiere? Now I say this because there's a lot of us out there that support certain people here on YouTube, like uh, John Campia, the John Campia show, Joe Vargas as an Angry Joe show, um, Alex Hicks of Just Alex, formerly Deluxe Man, um, the Solomon's to sound, Jason Solomon, Solomon's to sounds off, uh, the Semi Perfect podcast, stuff like that. We all like to contribute financially and show our support for those um, individuals. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a lot of people, you know, depending on who the individual is that does a live chat or live stream or even a premiere, there's a lot of people that will donate super, you know, super chat wise or tip wise via Streamlabs or something like that, that will constantly super chat and tip, super chat, tip, super chat, tip, super chat, tip. You get the idea. More so than any other person, you know, will on that live chat. Or doing that premiere, or that, or that live stream, or that premiere, they'll end up doing that. There'll be people that will go back to 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 back. Oh, you know, with super chatting or tipping, that's almost like the person that's doing the live stream might as well just dedicate, you know, a video to answering all that person's super chats or tips, tips that they utilize to ask certain questions or pinpoint certain things, you know, out. Now, I'm not just saying this because one of the people I like to support is John Campia. You know, and, and I've noticed that anytime he answers questions that people submit via tipping him through Streamlabs or super chatting him when it comes to his WandaVision open discussion videos with his wife, Anne, I notice that basically some people will ba- will constantly super chat, you know, back, you know, almost multiple times, as I mentioned, back to back to back to back to back to the point that when possibly your question finally gets answered, it's, you know, it's an hour in or a half hour in and the likes of John or Ann have to take a break because, you know, they need to refill the water. They need to get themselves mentally going again or something like that. And I feel it's just unfair to a lot of people that that happens. 
It's like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you basically, in my opinion, take away the opportunity for others to want to, you know, live, you know, be able to get the questions answered, you know, as well as support. I mean, yeah, they're still supporting, but you know, do you think honestly they want to wait till the next day or later on in the afternoon to to get the question answered, even though they've already contributed earlier that day or even late the la- or late the ne- uh, the previous day? You think they like that? No, they don't. They they want to have an opportunity to have it um, answered live and on it on the air. So, to me, I think I think honestly. You know, and I'm, and of course, I'm somebody that says, "Hey, super chats are open. If you want to donate, go ahead and donate. That that's not a problem. You know, I'm cool with that. If you want to donate as much as you want, but still, it's like if you want to get somebody's uh, opinions, you know, on you know how they feel about certain things, then you shouldn't have to wait up until another couple of hours later or next day to get your questions answered." What you should do, what you should do as the content creator, as the person that's, you know, providing the live stream or basically, you know, providing the premiere along with the live chat, you know, for people to discuss live, you know, as it's happening, as well as Super Chat or whatever, what you should do is limit it. Say, look, I know you guys want to contribute. That's fine. I'm cool with that. But here's what I'm going to do. You should limit up to three a day, four at the most, but three a day. And that's it. Think about what you want to ask or or point out or discuss and go from there. You know, limit it to three or four a day. That way others can have an opportunity. Because to me, and again, just my opinion, I think it's rude. I mean, I understand people want to show the support and everything. I get that. Heck, that's why lately I've been saying, hey, Super Chats are open if you want to support me. You know, so that way people can show the support to me. They can help me out financially. So I understand that. I understand that, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. I'm someone that is of the belief that if you're going to show your support, then you should give others the same opportunity to do the same thing. Don't hog the spotlight, if you will. Don't hog the entire stream to yourself. I mean, there's a guy on on, uh, the John Campia show recently. I don't know if it was doing his WandaVision discussions or or whatever, that basically, you know, he came out and he was like, it was like every question for at least 20 minutes to an hour to 20 minutes to 30 minutes was from this guy. And I think his name was, and I don't mean to say this disrespectfully, I think his name was Sam Fisher. But every question from Sam Fisher was back to 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 back. To back. It felt like that. It felt like from what I could tell, it was like 10 almost that he did in a row. And, and, and to me, it's like if I'm John Campia, if I'm John Campia, I take those questions. I say, Sam, I see what you've done. So you know what I'm going to do, Sam? I'm going to gather your questions. I'm going to put them to the side. I'm going to dedicate one companion video to you and answer them there. And maybe that's what needs to be done. Again, I have nothing against anybody wanting to show the support and all that and, and being the live chats or super chats or whatever. I, I don't mind that. I understand you want to show your support or and your appreciation for what that person does. But you should give other people a chance, especially from a financial standpoint, if they want to support that person 
you know, in that capacity. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm no angel myself, okay? When I watch just Alex's live streams of his pay-per-view reviews or his Raw or SmackDown reviews or his NXT reviews or his AEW reviews, you know, there's no doubt that I will go back to back to back sometimes with that, and that's fine, but I'm not the only one. Sometimes people will do the same thing, probably more so. And I get they want to support the guy because they appreciate and love what he does. But to me, you know, honestly, I think people need to be limited. And that's just my opinion. I think what people like John Campia, knowing the amount of tips and super chats they will get, or he will get uh, within the span of 24 to 48 hours, or whatever the case may be, you know, if I'm John, basically, I limit those people. I say, here's what you're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna limit you three to four, so everybody else has a chance. I mean, let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys in the live chat. How would you feel if you decided, hey, I want to tip or super chat so and so, and I want to hopefully get my, you know, discussion or my question talked about on the air during. You know, during the time when they read off, you know, the questions or the top or the discussions that people bring up, I hope I want to make sure it gets read live on the air when it happens. How would you feel if you all of a sudden, you know, donated twenty bucks, you know, super chat wise or tip wise, and ask, got a question asked or put out a question that you want to answer, or you brought up a discussion you wanted to be talked about, or you wanted to bring up to someone like so and so. But then you had to wait till maybe the next day or so before it got answered. How would you feel? You wouldn't like it, right? Because you'd be like, wait a minute. I just wasted 20 bucks and I have to wait two days? That wouldn't make you happy. That wouldn't make sense. So to me, I think honestly, I think honestly they need to you know, they need to do something about this. They need to basically, in my opinion, my opinion, they need to adjust this. They need to limit this, especially if they know they're going to get a lot, especially if those if they're the kind of content creators that know they're going to get a lot of questions and super chats, you know, a lot of super chat questions or tip questions brought into them, they need to limit it. So to me, yes, I believe that with some content creators they need to do that during live streams or premieres. All right, so on to our next question here, our next topic, I should say. And our next topic is, will will we get any entertainment cons happening in person this year? Now, I talked about whether or not San Diego Comic-Con could happen this year. And again, right now, you know, the Comic-Con International, CCI, if you will, is dead set on it happening, even if they have to modify it, follow protocols and all that. Because, you know, there's no doubt that they want to have an in-person event. And I'm sure they're paying attention to what, you know, is going on in Florida with the likes of the Super Bowl and recently with the Daytona Daytona 500. So there's no doubt. I'm pretty sure they're paying attention to that so they can make sure they follow the right protocols and all that. But the question is, will we get any entertainment cons this year? despite a possible limited San Diego Comic-Con? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we will get some conventions. 
you know, they may not be at full capacity as usual, but I think we'll get them. You know, even if, you know, the, the area that they're taking place gets cleared, you know, and all that and gets the okay to be back to normal. You know, I, I could see them still being very limited because, like I said, with the theater situation, you know, at the beginning of this live stream, um, I think, honestly, you know, people will still be hesitant. They will still be hesitant. So what I see happening, honestly, is, yes, we will get some entertainment conventions like maybe New York Comic Con, possibly uh, My Little Pony convention or Transformers Hasbro convention, whatever the case may be, later this year. But I could also see them simultaneously broadcasting it very virtually. I could see them doing it in a virtual way as well. Like they'll broadcast live through virtualness by Discord servers or whatever. They will, um, they will basically, um, you know, showcase the panels or the events as they happen, so that even those that will stay at home because they'll still be hesitant to not go out or go into places like this, uh, will be able to enjoy it. So, yeah, I, I think, honestly, we will get conventions this year. I really do. I think we'll get conventions. I think we'll be uh, we'll have people attending. But, again, like I said, I think it's in the same veins as the theaters, you know, the movie theaters and the cinemas. I think people will still be hesitant. You'll still get a limited uh, capacity. But, again, people will still be hesitant. So I expect that, just as I mentioned with the first topic, I expect a joint venture with those three uh, com uh, commodities or platforms, you know, for showing a movie, I expect possibly something happening here to where a lot of conventions will be not only in person this year again, but be limited. But I expect also some virtualness to happen along with it so that people can still enjoy the convention, even from the comfort of their own home. So I do expect it to happen. I do expect us to get some in-person entertainment conventions this year, but I also expect maybe some kind of virtualness to be thrown in there or included so that people could still experience it from the comfort of their own home if they're hesitant to go in person because they're still not sure of the uh, pandemic and the COVID and all that. So I expect us, but I do expect us, I should say, to get conventions this year, in-person ones, but I also expect a, I also expect a, an in-person like, a scenario to to happen well not in personal in person but i expect a virtualness to happen um as well to coincide with that okay so yeah but yeah i do expect conventions to to happen this year all right so on to number seven here number seven going on to a second uh, seventh topic and i'll be back in a moment guys i gotta get something to drink i'll be right back Okay, guys, I'm back. I had to get some water here. I had to put my coffee mug, my Rainbow Dash coffee mug uh, in the sink to uh, soak and wash. 
and then it gave me some water here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, on to our seventh topic here. In our seventh topic, we want to talk about is why do folks of the past, like you know, past thirty to fifty years, hunt and look for nostalgic things from our or their childhood uh, to collect? Now, I bring this up because I'm sure a lot of you have seen videos here on YouTube. You've seen shows uh, on Netflix and on television where people will go hunting uh, for certain nostalgic items uh, to collect, uh, to purchase, and add to the collection. And, you know, you see people that, you know, you see folks that grew up, like I said, in the, at least uh, within the past half century, if you will. You see a lot of people doing this, including myself. As a matter of fact, to give you an example of what I mean, this here was the lunchbox. This was the exact lunchbox. Not, well, not the one I own. Maybe it is. I don't know. It could have gone from place to place to place. Who knows? But this was basically the same kind of lunchbox I had. Basically the same one. Along with the thermos that I had back when I was a kid. Going to kindergarten and first grade and all that. It was the same kind of lunchbox. And when I saw it on eBay for... Uh, I know it might have been. I know people might find this price ridiculous, but for like forty four ninety nine, I had the money, and I said, "I know I have to get this. I have to get this because this is my childhood." And you don't see these kind of lunch boxes anymore unless they reissue them. And you can tell that it's the original or one of the original ones because of the way it's kind of uh, damaged, got a little wear and tear in there, along with the thermos. Oh, hold on. I got one more thing. I'll show you what I'm talking about. This here is the original uh, Mask Thunderhawk vehicle uh, from the show Mask that basically allowed you to um, well basically lift up the uh, basically allowed you when you press uh, this down it allowed you to also um, lift these up the kind of stiff and everything there we go. But this is the original one, or one of the originals. So, and this was a toy that I had. I actually had this along, I think, with the big rig at one point. I had this, 
not this exact one, but still, I had this when I was a kid. So when I see an opportunity uh, to get those back, when I see an opportunity to get those back, you know, I take it, especially if I have the money to do it. Now, there are other people, like I said, out there that do this. Michael Mercy does this. Uh, Retro Rick does this. Uh, there's a lot of people that do this. You can find them here on YouTube. And, it's, and they don't just do it through online means like eBay and wherever else. They go actually to garage places. They actually go to retro stores and they find them and they purchase them if, they, if they're affordable. They do that. And the reason that they get them is because it was a part of their childhood. I mean, if you look in the back here, I don't know if you can really see it that much, but right there while I'm pointing, that's an original Power Master Optimus Prime. And it's basically the same toy I got for my 10th birthday. So when I saw the opportunity to get it, I ended up getting it. The thing is, it's all part of my childhood. And it's basically, and basically the thing is, you don't see these kind of things ever again unless they're reissued. Now, yes, the Power Master Optimus Prime was reissued, but again, it's part of childhood. You don't see this kind of stuff anymore. Which is why, if we're, which is why, if we have the opportunity to somehow retain what we have from our childhood, you know, then we're going to make sure we keep it. For example, this here is an original pen, big button pen or big button for the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is the original. This is 31 years old. And you can tell by the wear and tear on the back. But yeah, that is 31 years old. That is nostalgic. And again, it's because of that kind of stuff that people like me, Mercy, uh, Retro Rick, Zara Nizarak, Sean McLean, and many others try our best to collect this kind of stuff. Optibotomist, Rodimus Primal. You know, we try to buy this kind of stuff because it's part of our childhood. And we know that we'll never see that kind of stuff again. So to me, I'm happy when I have the opportunity to do that. I'm really happy. And, uh, so, like I said, I'm really happy when I have the opportunity to do that because, you know, you know, I will, because basically, you know, it brings back a lot of memories. I mean, when I did, and I'll try to link it at the end here or edit it in later, but when I got my Voltron Lion Race track as a kid during Christmas, I loved playing with that thing. So when I saw an opportunity to get it again, I took it. I took the opportunity to get it, and I did. Just like if I can find the Knight Rider steering wheel playset that they have, for me to have an opportunity to get that, if I can get an opportunity to get that, I will. So, you know, so to me, 
I, I honestly, I cannot wait wait for another opportunity whenever that comes. I can't. I cannot wait for another opportunity whenever that comes to basically, you know, get something back from my childhood. And it's, like I said, the same with the likes of Michael Mercy, Optobotomist, Ritual Rick, all of them. When they see an opportunity to get stuff back from their childhood, they do. They do. There's no doubt. I mean, for me, one of the things that I got from my childhood that I could play, and now it also has an HD attachment to go with it, it's the Topographic 16 because I got this during Christmas. This is not the original Topographic. Well, this is the controller, but it's not the original one, but still, it's basically the same kind. You see what I'm saying? Sorry about that. But it's basically the same kind. The point is, basically, if you have an opportunity to do that, you're going to do it. You are. You know, you're going to do it. So to me, you know, this is why a lot of people in my generation in the past 30, 50 years do this. And this can, and there's no doubt as the generations go on, there's going to be a lot of other people that do it as they get older. In the next several years, 30 years, I, I guarantee, not 30, but I guarantee it's the next nine years, you're going to have people from the 2000s looking around for items from the from toys to collect from that childhood. You're going to see people in the next 30, in the next nine years that grew up in the 90s doing the same thing. Why? Because it's a part of their childhood and they want to have it back in the collection. I mean, that Dale figure up there, that Dale Bendable, that is one of the originals. And I had that as a kid. Not That's not the same one, but I had the one very similar to it as a kid. Point is, it's all about nostalgia. It's all about nostalgia. I mean, heck, I know that if my mom had an opportunity to get an original Beatles item that she doesn't have, or she used to have as a kid, used to have as a teen growing up, but had to get rid of, if she could find an opportunity to get it back, she would. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. So, yeah, basically that's why people like me, folks like me in the past 30, 50 years, um, hunt and look for nostalgic things from our childhood to collect. All right, so our last topic here, our last topic, our last topic here is with this being the 35th anniversary, and it is, of both the 1986 My Little Pony and Transformer animated movies, question is, will they end up getting 4K Blu-ray releases? Now, I bring this up because we know that any time uh, anytime that basically a movie, animated, uh, animated or not, hits a major or semi-semi-major anniversary, uh, point in the in the lifespan, you know that they're bound to get some kind of re-release in some kind of way. We know that when Disney would celebrate the anniversaries of some of the animated classics, 
they would re-release them in the theaters. They probably still would do that now if it wasn't for what's going on with the pandemic. But if it's not that, and unless the movie's a major, major big deal, like a, a movie that's known as one of the all-time greats, like Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, 97's Titanic, you know, the only way they're going to get a re-release for its anniversary is through physical home media. And we've seen this. We've seen this with a lot of them. We've seen, you know, Back to the Future get, you know, media releases, you know, uh, through the anniversaries. Like, they recently got a 4K release. Well, what was it? Their, the 35th anniversary back last year on 4K for the first time. So who's to say that movies won't get that up? Who's to say these two movies won't get that opportunity? Now, I know some people will say, well, the 86 My Little Pony movie won't get it because it wasn't that good. Really? Really? What do you think this is? For the first time on Blu-ray, even says it right there. First time on Blu-ray. Now, true, it's in the 4 by 3 ratio, but it's on Blu-ray. Something nobody thought it would end up doing. So I think, honestly, with this being the 35th anniversary of this movie, I could probably see it, I could probably see it getting a, a, a 4K release, but I could see it being 4K'd in the same manner as, as it is right here. Basically, um, comboed in, packed together in uh, with... Um, with the uh, 2017 film. Now you might say, well, Brian, it says uh, 35th anniversary edition right there anyway. Here's the thing. 35th anniversary? 35th anniversary was 2018 for the entire franchise. 1983 is when MLP originally began. 2018 was the 35th anniversary. Okay? They packaged it in with the 2017 film. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. They could do it again, but they go the 4K route. And I think they may do that. Especially, especially if they want to promote the 2021 movie coming out on Netflix, they'll probably go down this route. So expect a 4K combo release of both the 2017 movie and the one that came way before it, the 86 film. So yeah, I do think it will get a 4K release, as well as I also think, as well as I also think, if I can get it out here, as well as I also think this will. This is the steel book. This is the steel book release, the Blu-ray steel book release on it. Okay. I expect this at least to get a 4K release this year, along with it. So I expect both. But if not MLP, I expect this. I expect an announcement to be made about this. You don't believe me? When here's the thing. Nobody expected for the 30th anniversary, that they were going to finally get it officially on Blu-ray here in the States. 
but yet here it is. So I do expect possibly a 4K release. I expect it. I expect a 4K release. I do. And again, I expect one for the MLP movies to be 4K released the same way as I just showed you to help promote the new 2021 film. And I expect Transformers to get a 4K release because of the movie on its own. And they know fans are expecting that. Especially they want to help promote War for Cybertron you know, as it is on Netflix as well. So I expect all that. I expect the War for Cybertron series to get a Blu-ray and maybe 4K release physically when it's all said and done. And to help promote it, I expect the 86 movie to get a 4K release as well. Now, ow. hit my head there. Didn't mean to do that. Now, again, I know, now here's the thing. I know some people may say, oh, that's not going to happen. They're satisfied with what they got. Really? You think they're satisfied with what they got? Here's the thing. There's a lot of movies. There are several movies nobody thought would get 4K releases, and they did. So I think, honestly, we're going to get a 4K release. I really do. It's my opinion, but I think we are. I think we're going to get a 4K release. And I think people will appreciate what they get here. I really do. I think they're going to enjoy it. You know, it might just be the same stuff we see on the Blu-ray slapped onto the 4K. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But I truly believe, I truly believe we're going to get 4K releases of both. And they're both going to have reasonings, promotional rights to be released that way. So, yeah, I do believe both. The 86 uh, MLP film, along with the 2017 film in a combo pack, just like I showed you, will get 4K released. We'll get a 4K release. And I believe the 86 Transformers movie for the 35th anniversary will also get a 4K release. So, so yeah, I see that happening. I think it's going to be done to promote both Netflix um, Netflix uh, situations. You know, the War for Cybertron show, when it ends up physically on, on Blu-ray and maybe 4K and DVD. As well as I see them doing it the same way for the both movies because of the new movie coming out in 2021 on Netflix. So I can definitely see that happening. So yeah, I see so yeah, I see it happening. That's all I can say on it. But anyway, though, guys, that's gonna do it for today's topics on my mind for February 16th, 2021. Thank you all for joining me live in the live chat. Thank you all for joining me in the live in, uh, in the comment section. Let me know what you all think down below. Let me know what your thoughts are on several of the topics I talked about here today. Remember to go to my Patreon at Brian Warmer. Uh, you could uh, donate a dollar. It's only a dollar a month to start out. Uh, check me out on my podcast, which is B.W. Rose's Discussions on the various podcast outlets out there from Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast, Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Bullhorn, Overcast, Radio Public, you name it. Uh, except for Pandora, still working on that. As well as check out my Brian's Discussions YouTube page, as well as check out my Vimo channel and my Daily Motion channel, which are both under the BW Roses uh, moniker. So until so yeah, really guys, that's uh, about it. Just thought I'd come out. Just uh, thought I'd come out here today and do a topics on my mind. 
But what's going on? Let me know what you, again. Let me know what your thoughts are. Comment if you like. Thank you all for joining me in the live chat. And you all have a good day. Stay safe. Be well. And I will talk to you all later. And all of you in Texas, you will get through this. Believe me, these kind of storms are just once in a while because of certain reasonings, whether you want to believe those reasonings or not. But again, stay safe. Be careful, guys. And I will talk to you all later. And I am out.